Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to John chapter number 16. John chapter number 16. We are finishing up a series of the Upper Room Discourse, The Last Hours with Jesus Before He Goes to the Cross. That during this time, Jesus, knowing he's going to go to the cross in a matter of hours, has pulled his disciples aside and has tried to give them some last-minute instructions so that way they could survive the changes that are going to rapidly occur in a matter of hours. That he's pulled them aside and began to talk to them in the upper room. And in the midst of it, he said, let's go, boys. And he stood up. And now they're in the midst of walking from Jerusalem down the valley and going up to the Mount of Olives, heading to the Garden of Gethsemane. As we hit John chapter number 16, we can see Jesus is almost to the Garden of Gethsemane. In chapter 17, he's going to be able to or go down and begin to pray. And so John 16, he is taking his disciples, and he's instructing them as they're on the move, giving them last-minute instructions, giving them this last little bit of information before he is taken away from them as he's going to be arrested after this prayer time. So look with me in the Gospel record of John, chapter 16. The Gospel record of John, chapter 16. And let's start in verse number 16. John 16 and verse 16. The Bible says this, A little while... And ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to my Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us, A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. And because I go to my Father. They said therefore, What is this that he saith, A little while? We cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said among them, Do you inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while? And yet you will not see me. And again, a little while ye shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice and ye shall be sorrowful. But your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman when she is in travail hath sorrow. Because her hour is come. But as soon as she delivereth the child. She remembereth no more the anguish. For the joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow. But I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice. And your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask in the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hither ye ask me nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak 
unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly the fa of the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I shall not uh, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I have come out of the Father. I came forth from the Father, and I am come into the world. Again I leave the world, and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now we are sure that thou knowest all things, and needeth not that any man should ask thee. But this we believe that thou comest, camest from God. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? The hour cometh, and yea, now is, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me... Ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the gospel record of John? The gospel record of John in chapter number 16. John 16 in verse number 32. John 16 verse 32. Notice the phrase, the Father is with me. The Father is is with me. And with the Lord's help, we want to preach a message that Jesus is getting across here. The Father is with me. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And I'm thankful that as Jesus had mentioned in this passage, that we can talk directly to you. And that you could hear us. That you could respond to us. That you care about what we say to you. And as we come up to you now, Father, we ask that you be with us in the service, that you would open up this message, open up our discernment, help us to have an understanding of what Jesus was clearly telling the disciples, that we could apply and understand in our own hearts, that our joy may be full, that we could be understanding of these things that you taught. Open up your Bible in a special way. Fill me with your precious spirit. You get your own work accomplished and let us learn more of you today. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In John 16, the last couple of words that Jesus is going to instruct his disciples is now coming to pass. In just a few short hours now, the bell is going to toll. In a few short hours, Jesus Christ is going to be met with a crowd of people who are coming to arrest him. And the disciples are going to be frightened off and Jesus is going to be left alone. But good thing that Jesus said, even if you leave me, the Father is with me. The Father is with me. Jesus has taken some time to give us some instructions about him and his relationship with his Father, his Heavenly Father. The first thing I'd like to bring up to you that Jesus is instructing is that Jesus was going to the Father. Jesus was going to the Father. Now, whenever you see phrases uh, repeated in the Word of God, that's something to pay attention to. And in, the, in this passage, in the verses that we were showing you to, there's a phrase that pops up over and over. A little while, a little while, a little while, a little while. Notice again what the Bible says in verse 16. Almost keep account in your mind of how many times this phrase, a little while, comes. 
Verse 16, a little while and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while and ye shall see me because I go to my father. And some of his disciples said among themselves, what is this that he saith unto us? A little while and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while because you, uh, ye see, shall see me because I go to my father. And they, they said therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while. We cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew what they were desirous to ask of him and said, Do you not inquire of yourselves that I said a little while and you shall not see me? And again, a little while and you shall see me. Hear this phrase over and over, a little while. It's getting their attention that things are going to change very quickly in a little while. But also in a little while, when the things change, it's going to be better. In a little while, you're just going to have to endure this. But in a little while, you're going to have rejoicing. In a little while, things are going to change. But in a little while, it's going to be over here. A little while. Do you know that you could withstand anything for a little while? If you know that it's going to be a little while, you could withhold pain. Let's say that you got a big bandage on you. And you know it's going to come off. Right? And you got to rip it off. You know, it's only going to last just for a little while. That, that little pain, that discomfort. Just a little while. Just a little while you have to endure this. Just a little while you have to keep this. And the scope of time, things are just a little while. <laughs> Even in relationship of time. Let's say that you have a, a mother, a future mother who's expecting. And so it starts off, she still has her figure and then... It starts to grow and the baby starts to kick and, and then she waddles and then she has to sit down in kind of an awkward position. You know, all of that is just a little while and then it's over with. Then you go back, it's memory, you just think about it. But it's only there for a little while. A little while. Well, Jesus is trying to say things are going to change. Just a little while. It's all we have to go through. A little while and everything changes. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to prepare the disciples about Jesus leaving. Jesus is going to die on the cross the next day. In a matter of hours, he's going to be arrested. In a little while, they won't see Jesus. But in a little while, they'll see him. That sounds like a contradiction. In a little while, they won't see him. But in a little while, they will see him. Well, this is why we study words. Notice again in verse 16. A little while, and ye shall not see me. Notice that first see there. Ye shall not see me. This word see here carries the idea of a spectator. Meaning that in a little while, you're not going to be able to spectate me. You're not going to be able just to observe me. All right? So in a little while, you're not going to be able to see me. You can't see me. But notice what he says, in a little while you shall not see me, and again, a little while ye shall see me. Notice there's this second word see. This second word see carries the idea that they shall see him in a way that they've never seen him before. So in a little while, they're not going to be able to see him as a spectator. But in a little while, they shall see him. They shall know him. They should understand him. In a way that they've never understood Jesus before. Their eyes are going to be open. In just a little while, the relationship is going to change from that sight to an understanding. There's going to be a difference here. They're, they're physically looking at him now. But in a little while, they're going to have an understanding about him 
that they did not have before in just a little while. Now, this conversation goes on because this is a confusing idea. Jesus says, in a little while, you won't see me. But in a little while, you'll see me. So they all scratched their head and said, all right, is he tired? Does he need a nap? He's not making sense now. And they're talking among themselves. We know he was talking about important. We're going up this mountain. He's in a hurry. He's gathering us up. What in the world is going on? In a little while, in a little while, we could see, not going to see him, but in a little while, we'll see him. Uh, this next couple of verses is this conversation. They're scratching their heads. Verse 17. Then some of his disciples among themselves said among themselves, Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto him? So you can almost see Andrew kicking over uh, uh, Simeon, Simon, and said, Hey, what, is he, what did he just say? Shh, I can't hear, quiet. Some of the other people, what did he say? Oh, did you catch that? They're talking among themselves. You can almost imagine if you've taught classes that the whispering in the background, you say something and now they're talking among themselves. What did he say? I didn't catch that. All right, what, what? They're all whispering among themselves now. And Jesus is listening to them. No one wants to say, teacher, what did you just say? Because he said it in such a way that it was emphatic. In just a little while, you can't see me anymore. But in a little while, you will see me. What did he mean by that? What, what? No one wants to clarify it and say, what did you mean by that? I didn't understand. Isn't that typical of us that we don't want to admit that we don't understand something? So we ask someone else who doesn't understand and hopefully we can get understanding from there. So they're talking among themselves. I don't get it. What, what's going on? What, what's happening? And verse 17 again. And then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and you shall not see me. And again, a little while, ye shall see me. And because I go to my father. So notice they put those statements in a little bit. Because I go to my father. So all of this is going to happen because he goes to my father. That he's already been talking about that he's going to the father. Now he's going to the father. And when he goes to the father, we could see him. And they're talking among themselves. They're trying to figure it out. Jesus is listening, verse 18. They said, therefore, what is this that he said a little while? We cannot tell what he said. What does he mean in a little while? They do not understand that Jesus is going to be arrested in a couple of hours. To them, this is just a regular time. They're, Jesus is acting a little bit different, but they don't have any indication that things are going to change rapidly in just a couple of hours they don't have any clue understanding perception that in 24 hours time Jesus was going to die on the cross and be buried into a borrowed tomb they don't understand this little while everything's going to change but Jesus is trying to tell them things are going to change quickly guys things are going to rapidly change your understanding of events are going to change in a little while so Jesus Listen, lets them talk for a while. He's going up. He finally is silent. The disciples are whispering them. It's kind of like a teacher who knows their class. As long as the kids are talking, no one's listening. So I'm just going to be quiet. And I'm going to let, just be quiet long enough until the kids start looking around. When I taught high school, that was an amazing thing. I'd stop lecturing when there was too many conversations going on and just stare. And all of a sudden, people would talk. And then they would go, oops, elbow the other people, shh, and just let the silence kind of hit. It's kind of what's going on now. Jesus stopped talking. They're not listening, so why lecture? Just wait for to get their attention. So <laughs> finally, verse 19, Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him 
and said unto them. So he knew that they all had the question, what did he mean? What did he mean? But nobody wanted to get be brave enough. Peter probably heard it or he had one last time. The last question he asked, Jesus looked at him and said, no. Uh, remember Peter looked up and without an understanding, he contradicted Jesus and then told Jesus how to do the job and Jesus corrected him. And Peter's like, no, I'm not doing it this time. Nope, not going to happen. So verse 19, now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask of him and said among them, do ye inquire of yourselves of that what I said a little while and ye shall not see me and again a little while and ye shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. He says, in a little while, let me explain what's going to happen. In a little while, you are going to mourn and lament. In just a little while, your whole world is going to crash down. And isn't that a devastating thing? Jesus is arrested. He's put on a false trial. He's put in a place where he's standing before the people. And the entire crowd says, crucify him. Crucify him. And then he is scourged. He is beaten. He is put up on the cross. Isn't that a devastating thing? If you've been following Jesus for three and a half years. And to watch him be abused. To watch him beaten. To watch him killed in front of you. To hear the whole world saying, yay, we got him. To hear the chief priest saying, that will show him. To hear the whole world rejoicing. And that just makes the sorrow worse. And they're watching everything occur. In just a little while, things are going to change. But guess what? In just a little while, three days. You think about three days. Three days is nothing. If you're told something is three days away, you may, it may go slow because you're waiting for it. But when you look back, three days is nothing. Three days is there and gone. In three days, a little while, he's going to rise from the tomb and everything changes. In just three days' time, you will understand Jesus in a way you've never understood him before. They think they understand Jesus now. But when Jesus rises from the grave, don't they have a different perspective? Don't they have a different understanding? Doesn't things kind of snap into focus and they go, aha, aha. In a little while, in just a couple hours, their world is going to be turned upside down. In a little while, Jesus is going to rise from the grave. And their whole lives will be changed in just a little while. Notice as he goes on and gives this illustration, verse 21. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she delivered the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for the joy that a man is born into the world. Here's uh, something that most of us can understand. That when a lady is ready to give birth, what happens is that the contractions begin, especially in days without drugs. So let's just imagine no drugs, <laughs> uh, no spinal taps, no uh, painkillers. So a lady's getting ready to give birth. It starts off with the Braxton Hicks, uh, the face, the fake um, uh, contractions. And now the ladies who have never had a baby before, you get the Braxton Hicks and you think the whole world's going to end. What is this? What is going on? You go to the doctor and they go, oh, it's just Braxton Hicks. Go back. You're fine. It's not even close yet. This isn't close. And then what happens is that the real contractions hit. And it just doubles them over. Oh, and it hits. And then the contractions start to get more frequent. And 
they could feel that the baby is going to come out. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with this process, what's going to happen is that this human, seven to ten pounds, depending on how big the child is, is going to go through a small orifice that is not made for that. And there's going to be stretching and tearing. And what's going to happen is the baby comes out and there's pain involved. For those of you who have maybe not experienced, it's almost as bad as the pain of a lady giving birth is almost as much as when a man gets a cold. It's just almost there. (laughs) But the lady, she has the pain. She has the things that go along with it. The travail, her hour has come. But as soon as the baby comes out, And the baby cries. And they put the baby on mama. All of the anguish is forgotten about. Not worried about the pain. Not worried about it. I've got the baby. It's all worth it now. Something just changed. A little while there was a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth. But in a little while that sorrow was turned to joy. It just changed in just a little while. Jesus is giving this thing. He says, in a little while, in a couple of hours, guys, you are going to have weeping and gnashing teeth. In a little while, it's going to be all over. You think the world has ended. But in a little while, your sorrow is going to be turned to joy. And it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it when Jesus rose from the grave. You're going to say, it was worth it. This is amazing. Look at what happened. It is here you're going to have a better understanding of who Jesus is because of this. Verse number 22. And and ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Guess what? In a little while, you're going to understand Jesus in a different way, and no one can take that joy from you. Hey, at this point, In just a moment, they're going to take Jesus away. And they could take their joy away from him. Jesus is gone. The man that we've dedicated for the last three and a half years is taken. Our joy is gone. But when he rises from the grave, no man can take that joy from you. It doesn't matter how awful this world is. You can't take away the fact that Jesus died for my sins. You can't take away the fact that he paid my price on the cross and that he rose from the grave and he's alive forevermore and he will never die. He is there. No one can take that joy away from me. Jesus is saying just a little while, just a little while, everything's going to change. But in a little while, everything will change. And just a little while, and a little while. Now, again, This helps understanding the context. They're walking up the mountain. They're walking to the place where Jesus is going to pray. They're walking to the place where people are going to come with torches and pitchforks and swords and arrest Jesus and take him away. But in a little while, Jesus is going to rise from the grave and everything changes. And we'll know who he is. We'll know exactly who he is because of what Jesus has done. Notice, if you don't mind, a second thing. That first of all, we understand that Jesus is going to go to the Father. The second thing we understand in this text is that we can pray to the Father. We can pray to the Father. Now, Jesus is trying to, again, equip the disciples and let them know that things are going to change, but also this idea of the relationship between Jesus and the Father. Notice with me in verse 23. And in that day... 
Ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he shall give it to you. Now, here's another one that seems to be a contradiction. Before, in a little while, you should not see me. In a little while, you should see me. Well, what does that mean? Now, Jesus said, in a little while, you should ask me nothing. In a little while, you can ask God anything. All right. Disciples now have something to chew on again. Now, notice this. Notice again the words. Verse 23. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. This word ask in verse 23 at the beginning carries the idea of asking a question. Now, if you start from John 13, every once in a while, the disciples interrupt Jesus and ask a question. You start with Peter. Peter says, Nah, why do you have to wash us? Nah, wash all of my body. Nah, he kept contradicting Jesus and telling him how to do it. He's asking him questions. After that, you had uh, Thomas who contradicted the Lord and said, I don't know the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. Thomas had asked a question. In the midst of that, Philip didn't ask a question, but he said, Hey, I want to see God. How do I see God? Jesus says, if you see me, you see God. Why don't you understand this? Then Jude asks, God, how come you're not revealing yourself to all the world? They're asking him questions in the midst of this that he's explaining, but they're not getting. So what he's saying, in a little while, in a little while, in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Meaning, you're not going to ask him any more questions. You don't need to ask me questions. You understand what's going on. In a little while... You're not going to have to ask me questions for information. But instead, notice this, verse 23. In that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. This word ask in the last part of verse 23 carries the idea of an inferior asking a superior of substance, of something. So it has the idea of someone who has need asking someone who has it, I need this. Can you provide this? It's almost like a child saying, Dad, I need, I have a field trip tomorrow. Can I have $10 to go to the field trip? The child doesn't have $10. They're asking someone above them in authority who has the ability for something they need. It's not asking for understanding. It's asking for the idea because I have need. So in that day, you're not going to ask me any questions. But in that day, you could ask my father anything in my name. And he'll give it to you. Going to him for access. Going to him for whatever you need. You could go to him boldly because of this access that you have. Verse number 24. Hereto you have asked me nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Here he says, ask in my name. Now he's telling them to ask in his name. That when they ask in Jesus' name, they're going to be reminded that Jesus, who Jesus is and their joy will be full. Why do we ask in Jesus' name? We're going to get into this in just a second. But when you ask in Jesus' name, it's not because you're asking Jesus to go ask his father. You could talk directly to God. We'll get into that in just a second. Then why do we ask in Jesus' name? It is for our benefit, not God. It's not like saying, uh-uh, mom said, as like we're trying to pressure God. Well, when we ask in Jesus' name, we're reminding ourselves why we could go to the Father. Why can I go to God whenever I want for any request? Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. 
that Jesus Christ died on the cross to give me forgiveness of sins. Why is forgiveness of sins so important? Because it was sins that separated me from God. What God wanted in the first place was fellowship. But sin broke that fellowship. Jesus died on the cross to give us forgiveness of sins so we could once again fellowship with God. Now, because of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, I can approach God whenever I want. That when I approach God, it is a privilege. It is not something that I, I got for myself. For example, I don't approach God because how great I am. Why should God listen to me? Oh, let me tell you, it's because I am so great. We go to, to God because Jesus made the way that I could go talk to God for everything. God doesn't have to answer my prayers because I'm such a good looking guy. God answers my prayers because he wants to, because he's my heavenly father. It's because of his goodness that he answers the prayers. Notice with me in verse number 24. Here too you ask me nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. You know when God answers our prayer. It's an amazing thing that God answers our prayers. And that our joy could be full. That Jesus paid the way and I could talk to God. And I could ask him and my father cares for me. Notice in verse 25 of Jesus follows up. Uh, verse 20. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> 25, these things have I spoken to you in Proverbs, but that the time has come that I shall no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I shall speak to you plainly. And that day you shall ask in my name, and I shall not say unto you that I will pray to the Father for you. Verse 25, Jesus says, all right, before I spoke to you in Proverbs, but now it's just you 11, and let me speak to you plainly. I want to speak to you in ways that you understand. You don't have to guess. You don't have to get an interpretation. Let me tell you plainly. In that day you shall ask in my name, and I shall not, I say not unto you that I will pray unto the Father for you. Now, what, wait a second. Before he said we could ask God anything in his name. Now in verse 27, that in that day, if we ask in his name, that Jesus shall not say unto us that we could pray to the Father for you. What does this mean? Well, what this is referring to is that we don't have to play the telephone game. You don't have to pass a note to Jesus and then expect him to pass a note to God. We can speak directly to God. Now, this isn't discounting Jesus' high priestly, uh, him being the high priest. Uh, this is a separate. But it's saying that we don't have to pray to saints. You don't have to pray to Mary. You could talk directly to God. You don't have to go pray to Jesus and expect him to get it to God. Now, again, he's saying it in terms for us humans to understand. We know there's theological things that Jesus is God and that you can't separate the two and that when you talk to Jesus, it is God. We understand that. But he's speaking humanly as a perspective type thing. You don't have to go through any other source. You don't have to go through a pastor. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to have a secret red bat phone inside of an office to get a hold of God. You don't need a special calling card, 1-800-PLEASE-PRAY. You can talk to God directly yourself because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Amen. You could talk to him directly. So Jesus speaks very plainly and said, I want to tell you, you can talk to God yourself. All right. So again, he's speaking to a class. I imagine speaking to a bunch of teenagers where you explain something. They say, I don't get it. You explain it to them. I don't get it. He says, all right, let's 
plainly speak. You can talk to God yourself. You understand? Oh, yeah, I understand that. Good. That's what he was doing here. Let's not speak in riddles. Let's very clear. You can talk to God. You don't have to go talk to a priest. You don't have to talk to a preacher. You don't have to talk to a saint. You don't have to talk to Mary. You don't even technically have to go through Jesus to get to God. Meaning the idea that you talk to Jesus, then Jesus talks to God. You talk directly to the Father. Verse number 28 um, sorry, verse 27. For the Father himself loveth you, because you have loved me, and because, and have believed that I came from the Father. Verse 27 says, another reason why you could talk directly to God, because he loves you and he wants to hear from you. When you have love someone, and they love you back, they don't want to hear from someone else. They want to hear from you. God wants to hear from you because he loves you. He wants to hear your voice. Imagine that. God actually wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear you pray. He wants to talk to you himself. He doesn't want to have to read an email. He wants to talk to you. He doesn't want to go through a different source. He wants to talk to you because he loves you. Verse number 28. I came forth from the Father and I am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. Verse 28 is a very concise uh, uh, summary of Jesus' life. Jesus came forth from the Father and he came into the world. And then he's going to leave the world and go to the Father. He said, let's speak very plainly. I'm telling you, disciples, listen to me. I came from God and I came to this earth. Now I'm leaving this earth. And I'm going to the Father. Do you understand that? And they all nod their heads and smile. Yes, we can pray to the Father. Which brings us to the last thing I want to show you here. If you don't mind. That we see the Father is with Jesus. The Father is with Jesus. So Jesus explains that I came from heaven. I came from the Father, came on this earth. I'm going to leave this earth and I'm going to go to the Father. Do you understand me? Verse 29. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now thou speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverb. Now we are sure that thou knowest all things and need not that any man shall ask thee. By this we believe that thou cometh forth from God. So they all start nodding their head. Yeah, we get it. We understand. That was clear. You spoke very clearly to us. You came down from the Father, and you're going to leave and come up, and you're with the Father. We understand that. We're with you. We know that you're God. We're with you. And Jesus has to pull back the reins a little bit. says, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm glad that you're excited. I'm glad you understand that. But there's one thing from nodding your head to understanding what I'm saying. He says, you may nod your head now, but let me tell you, in a little while, verse number 31, Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, now, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. Yet, I'm not alone, because the Father is with me. Now, Jesus again knows everything. He's with the disciples. He's been instructing them. He says, in a little while, things are going to change. In a little while, things are really going to change. In a little while, I'm just letting you know, in a little while, everything's going to change. 
And a little while, you could talk directly to God. And you don't have to go through a man. You don't have to go through a mediator. You could talk directly to God. I'm letting you know that I came from the Father and I came down here. And just a little while, I'm going to leave this place and I'm going to the Father. Do you understand me? And they go, oh yeah, we get that. And again, they understand the words. But you know what's going to happen in just a little while? The soldiers are going to come. The high priests are going to come. Judas Iscariot's going to come. And they're going to arrest Jesus. And these same people that said, oh yeah, I understand, I understand. They're going to run from their lives and leave Jesus all by himself. Again, he said, do you understand? They go, yeah, yeah, I understand. No, no, no. Don't get overconfident here. You don't quite get it yet. Because you're going to leave me in just a little while. You're all going to scatter and leave me. I'm going to be all by myself. But notice what he said at the end of this. <coughs> in verse number 32. And behold the hour cometh. And now. And yea now is come. Ye shall be scattered. Every man to his own. And shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone. Because the father is with me. Jesus was abandoned by Simon. He was abandoned by John. He was abandoned by James. He was abandoned by Andrew. He was abandoned by the whole list. They all took off running. They're all gone. But God never left Jesus. God is with him. Because Jesus is God. But God was there with him the whole time. You know Jesus being in the flesh suffered through the same things that you and I went through? Can you imagine how discouraging it would be that all these people that said, I'll never leave you, and they all took off. Where'd you all go? I thought you said you would be with me the whole time. I thought you said you'd always have my back. I thought you said you would always be there, and you're all gone. Jesus couldn't get his comfort from them. And by the way, you can't get your comfort from people. You have to get your comfort from God. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That you can never get to the place where God said, you know what, I've had enough of you. Just go do your own thing. Aren't you glad for that? God says, I'm with you. I'm with you. Everyone else may abandon you. You may feel so alone, but your comfort comes that God is with you. Again, Jesus is dying for their sins. Peter, I'm dying for you. And he's taken off running. John! James! They're all taken off running. I'm dying for you. He didn't have to die on the cross. He could have said, forget you guys and took off, went back to heaven. And he would have been justified for doing so because he's God. These same people that he's fixing to die on the cross for just left him. How can he go on with this? Knowing that all of them left him. Because God is with him. Because God is with him. That's what mattered is having God's presence, having God with him, having that relationship with God that no one can take away, that no one can rob you from it. The disciples may fall asleep. Can you imagine how frustrating? Jesus knows he's going to be dying on the cross and he prays and he turns around and they're asleep and he kicks them. Come on, guys. Can't you watch for an hour? Yeah, we got this. We're with you. He comes back in another hour. Jesus is praying. He's praying so much that great uh, the capillaries inside of his body have burst and it mixed with the sweat. And he's sweating great drops of blood. And he's praying so fervently and heated. And he wakes up again. 
and they're all asleep. They don't understand in a little while. A little while means in just a couple of hours. If they would have realized that in just a couple of hours things were changed, they would have been alert and awake. But they didn't discern. They weren't understanding. And Jesus can't even get them to pray with him for an hour. And they leave him even in prayer. They fall asleep. Their minds wander. They're no longer paying attention when he's teaching. He says, I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm doing it for the Lord. I've got to do it for the Lord. He's the one I have to please. He's the one I have to be with. I can keep doing this even when everyone abandons because I'm doing it for the Lord. Then notice in verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus said, I'm wrapping all of this stuff up to let you know in a little while everything's going to change. In a little while everything's really going to change. And the world's going to hate you because it hates me. The world is going to misuse you because it misused me. People you thought you could trust is going to abandon you. But I want to let you know in the midst of all that tribulation you can have joy. You can have peace. Because I'm on the throne. Because I never change. Because of who I am. Because of who God is. You can still have peace. You understand you don't have to let the world and the tribulations affect your mood. You don't. Now I'm not talking about you have to go around with a smile on your face all the time. That's not what joy is. Joy is a peace that passeth all understanding. It's a peace that doesn't make sense. How in the world can you be smiling when no one likes you anymore? Because God still likes me. How can you be smiling when everything seems to be falling apart? Or how can you have a peace when everything's falling apart? Because God's still on the throne. Because God is still good. And God is still right. I could be anchored down. Now Jesus again is trying to instruct them. Because in the next couple of days they don't have to be moping and crying and weeping. Which you'll see in the Bible as you read on. They could have had peace saying I'm trusting God. That God is always good and God is always right. Even when Jesus is nailed to the cross... God is always good, and God is always right. Even when the world's threatened to kill you, God is always good, and God is always right. Amen. That everything's going to change, but in a little while, everything's going to change. The idea is that Jesus is taking this last couple minutes, the next chapter, he begins to pray. So if you could imagine in your mind, he's bringing the disciples to the point, and he turns around, this is where they're going to pray, and he says, boys, I'm going to speak to you plainly. Things are going to change. I came from heaven, from the Father, and I came down here. I'm leaving here and I'm going to the Father. Things are going to change. You're going to abandon me. That's fine. God is still with me. He's trying to instruct them, trying to encourage them to survive the next couple days by looking to God. Looking to God. That's the only way they're going to get past this in the days that they have. Looking to God. Looking to God. What is the message that Jesus has for us? Keep looking at him. Keep looking at him. Your life can be topsy-turvy. You have no clue what is going to happen in the next couple of hours. In the next couple of hours, your entire life can be turned upside down. How can you get past it? Keeping your eyes on him. You could go home and find that your home is burnt down. Can you have a peace that passes all understanding? Yes, if you keep your eyes on him. Heaven forbid something happened to a family member. Do you have to say, I quit God and forget all this? 
No, you can have a peace that passeth all understanding if you keep your eyes on God. You don't know that your life is going to change in a matter of days. The disciples had no discernment that in a couple of hours, everything would change in their life permanently and never go back to normal. And just a couple of hours, in just a little while, Jesus is trying to instruct them. How are you going to survive this? By keeping your eyes on me. Keeping your eyes on me. And just a little while. That's the same secret that we have today. How can you have a peace that passeth all understanding? Keeping your eyes on him. When you're later on this week, when things change at work with family. And by the way, I'm sorry to say that you will be tested on this. How will you survive? Keeping your eyes on him. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you. Thank you.